Hey, thanks for stopping by. Extra energy for breakfast and it's so extra this week. And it all came down to a big thanks to my mate Pablo. He's my radio brother from Another Mother. We worked together in Caratha and then I started roaming around the state. Now I'm doing brekkie in the southwest. He does breakfast in Caratha. And it's still nice to get him on to have a bit of a banter. You know how it is with commercial radio. Most breakfast shows have a couple of hosts, if not three, sometimes four. Whereas doing a solo shift creates its own opportunities, but also has its own drawbacks. And there's, it's really nice to be able to have a bit of a banter with somebody else that does radio. So we created this segment ages ago now, Triple M's Biggest Scab. And we challenge each other to find stuff, basically. So uh, one time I found somebody who'd kept their kid's umbilical cord. Pablo has found premiership captains in Caratha from decades ago. We've turned up bronze medals, uh, 40-year service medals for volunteers. Like, And the stories that come out of it are just amazing. But this week, this week was something else. So this podcast is entirely dedicated to Triple M's biggest scab question this week from Pablo. And it just is so fascinating. The people and the stories that are here in the Southwest, we are truly an awesome place. And I think this proves it. So I'll start the podcast off with the challenge. And it came from Pablo. And then I'll show you how it unfolded. Angie's a scrappy backpacker from way back. Scrimping on the small stuff to save for the big adventures. Pablo, well, he's a tight ass. But who will be Triple M's biggest scab? So cheap. Happy Monday, Pablo. Happy back to school day, parents and kids, and commiserations to the teachers. (laughs) (laughs) Angie, good morning. How are we? Sensational. Bunked off, was a bit cheeky, took a couple of extra days off last week, went diving, had adventures. Um, I've, I don't know, I haven't spoken to you about it yet really, Pablo, but I'm going to be doing a world's first where yeah. I'm going to be doing the world's first underwater radio show. I'm calling it Operation Scuba Show. <laughs> and I've got some updates on that a little bit later on the show, but what Pablo and I do, Pablo is our mate, he's in Caratha, coping with the heat. And I'm in the southwest, just living in paradise. And um, we challenge each other week on week to a challenge to find something, to track something down, to look for the beauty in the world. It can come in many forms. And last week, uh, I wanted Pablo to find out about the people that let the fireworks off. There were a lot of fireworks around Australia last week. And I wanted to know who, who makes this magic happen. Now, when I was at school, I often had to front up to the teachers, sort of cap in hand, and I feel like I've sort of gone back to school and just sort of come up with an excuse of why I haven't done my homework. Really? that is a little bit of me today. I sort of, you know, you took those extra couple of days after Australia Day off, and I sort of took the same mantra. I was here physically, but I was away spiritually, and I didn't complete the mission. I'm sorry. So you got nothing? I got nothing. Nothing? <laughs> did you even make a phone call or did you go to the fireworks? I thought about it. I, I did go to the fireworks and I thought about calling people and then I thought, you know what, Angie's away. Half, the, the duo's been broken up here. It's done. Pablo, 
Miller, you are so lazy. <laughs> if I knew you were going to do that, I would have spoken to the people that let the fireworks off on the Bustleton Jetty a couple of Saturdays ago. I was floating there in the water, basically next to them. And I could have just been like, oh, lads, what's your phone number? I'll call you Monday. They could have thought it was something else, but at least we would have got answers to the questions that we wanted. <laughs> hey, look, I'm happy to reset the assignment if you want to set nah. me a, new, a new tougher assignment. Now, nah, this there. is real life, Pablo. This isn't school. You don't get a second run at things just because you were late. It's over. Do you have a challenge do- for me this week? <laughs> the dog ate my homework. Nah, <laughs> moving on. You're dead to me. <laughs> okay. So we need to come up with a challenge for you this week on WA's Biggest Scab. Hang on, I've got to think of something. Uh, Any ideas? Ah, so not even did you not complete your own challenge, but it's Monday morning and you haven't (laughs) even come up with something for me. Pablo, you're useless. Get your act together. Carrather, you know, rev him up. Give him some suggestions on what you want me to find here in the beautiful Southwest. Get your act together, Pablo Miller. (laughs) Uh, you can reach out to us, 04800 97400. But something has sprung to my mind if you want to hear it, Ange. All right. So sport is massive right across WA, and I think we've all witnessed something pretty incredible the last couple of weeks with the Australian Open, uh, Rafa last night. The Barty Party, I think, is still going. Dylan so Orcott, what... one of the greatest. Oh, and of course, win. yeah. The, the no. special case, it's been, it's been just all over. Not impressed about the booing, but... Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Tennis has been amazing. So I want to know from you, in the Southwest, who is the best sports person to come out of the Southwest? And you need to track them down. Who is the best sports person to That's ever so come out subjective. of the Southwest? Well, who, who, who do people mainly gen- generally suggest who is the best sports person? All right. I like that. Thinking on your toes, Pablo. You've crawled back <laughs> into my good graces. Well done. I'm still dark at you for not speaking to the pyrotechnics, but uh, this will do, Pablo. This will do. Now, get out of here. It's Triple M. Okay. (laughs) Ah, this is what I love about the Southwest. Sometimes I just say things into the microphone and then next minute the phone's ringing and it's the one and only Brad Blake. (laughs) Hello, mate. Good morning. I got told by a couple of my staff members you want me. Oh, well, well Brad, <laughs> first of all, let's do a shout-out for your staff members. Uh, what are their names, where they work? Uh, I work as service manager at Bunbury Care, the Jones boys. So ah. I just have a staff meeting every morning, and a couple of my staff said, um, Angie's <laughs> trying to get hold of you. <laughs> yes, I was. So <laughs> um, I do a, a silly little thing on the radio called Triple M's Biggest Scab, and I do it with my fellow radio mate, Pablo, and um, we challenge each other to track something down. We scab around. We're constantly asking for help, advice, getting pointed in the right direction. And he threw me a big challenge this week and said, who's the greatest athlete to ever come out of the Southwest? And uh, amongst about 200-odd comments on the old Facebook and text messages coming in, your name was in that mix as a race car driver, uh, dominated your craft for 30 years, is it right that it was six national titles, ten state titles, and uh, the most successful driver in the country? Yeah, that's about right. Woo! I've got to be honest with you. I wouldn't say I'm an athlete, though. Well, <laughs> I, hey, look, uh, I might not have any success in anything, but I have <laughs> raced around the Collie Motorplex, and it is an extremely physical and mental challenge, so I'd put you in there. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I've got to be honest with you. Physical and mental challenge, it definitely has been. And yes, 30-odd years and I'm still racing today and loving every moment of it. That's unbelievable. So can you tell me a little bit about your your craft? Because like, racing is a little bit foreign to me and there's so many different types. Okay, so what I do is dirt track racing, speedway. I started off in street stocks many, many years ago and moved through the ranks over the years. In the last 20 years, I've been racing at a very high level, which is called uh, late models. They're a V8 uh, left-hand drive purpose-built race car, produce about 800 horsepower plus. Um, yeah, that's what I do. I've been fortunate enough to race all over Australia, been very successful, I guess, and had the opportunity to race in America for a few years and, yeah, loving every moment of it. Only problem is nowadays all these young gurus like Kai Blight are coming through and kicking my butt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to pave the way for the next superstars. Yeah, yeah, they're great kids. The, the uh, next generation coming through are fantastic. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that's been my life for thirty odd years. Wow. So, what was what got you into it? Uh, my dad was a Australian champion back in the seventies, and uh, I guess I was born to race. I was born in. the in 1966, I was born, and I was apparently I was at a speedway meeting the very weekend I was born, and yeah, <laughs> the rest is history. So it's Dad's fault, really. <laughs> Are you going to Bunbury Speedway on Saturday night? Uh, I am going as a spectator. I'm going to uh, sit up in the Heatley's box and probably consume his Peronis. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, hey, look, I can't thank the lads at work enough for getting you to call me. I really appreciate it. Um, what, a, what a fantastic way to, you know, just discover some of the sports stars that, you know, aren't necessarily, you know, like so many people nominated, you know, cricketers and um, like footy players. And yep. I know that this is going to upset a lot of people, but I'm actually going to write the footy players off because, uh, and like have a look at some of the other people that, you know, have been nominated because they just get so much attention. <laughs> so yeah. it's amazing to be able to, um, you know, have a chat to you, Brad, and I really appreciate it and can't wait to run into you. Yeah, awesome. Uh, look, I've got to be honest with you. I'm a very, very proud born and bred Bunbury boy. So, and as I say, everything I've done in my Speedway career, I've always had Bunbury all over my car and proud to support it. Yes! Good on you, Brad. Okay, Ange. Take care. All right, let me just stop it there and come back to you for a second. <laughs> so I was absolutely blown away when the O Show just called into the show. Uh, so that was Brad Blake. And I'd be, sort of been like dropping in names and bits and pieces throughout the show. Um, I talked quite extensively about Sean Pollard, who's from Bunbury. Um, he actually got attacked by two sharks in Esperance. And then the, the next year took up snowboarding and then he went on to represent Australia in the 2018 Winter Paralympics as a snowboarder. Absolutely phenomenal story. Now, I'm playing all sorts of phone tag with Sean at the moment, but I am going to do a follow-up chat with him because, oh, it's just so many questions. Um, one of the other people whose phone number I tracked down was Shaney War, and uh, she is a pro golfer who has come back to the southwest. So I called her. She already knew about the challenge. Oh, I saw that on Facebook. Oh, yeah, and someone threw your name in the mix. Yeah, well, one of them was my cousin, so that doesn't count. <laughs> I, think was, I think I actually I was actually egotistically scrolled through once I saw my cousin had said that, and 
Um, yeah, someone else, someone else put my name in there as well, I believe. And, uh, <laughs> and I, thought, I thought, what a brilliant question. Well, it's... I, don't, I don't think anyone scratched the surface. I mean, there's been so many. Well, that's and what I've like... absolutely found. Yeah. Like, there was over 200 yeah. comments and texts come through on the text line about it. And yep. I just, it blew my mind. And then also the fact that, you know, you yourself, seven pro wins on the circuit and now you've come back to the Southwest and then you've got this amazing junior program happening and the fact that you're bringing those skills and sharing them. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in my athletic uh, career, I don't think, but, but I, I guess it does to a degree. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky I've got some um, junior golfers now that are getting to almost to the pointy end, like they're getting quite elite um by junior standards and so now I find myself actually utilizing some of the stuff I I learned when I was out on, out playing on tour was for the most part with the junior program you just you're not babysitting but you you know a lot of people could coach the, the key fundamentals of, of golf to little kids you know you just have to stick to the plan and you don't have to be a former tour player to do that for sure but I think now it's exciting because I'm getting a couple of kids coming through that are really keen on trying to make golf a career and and I feel like, oh, this is this it's taken a long time, but we're finally there. I can now actually impart some of my wisdom as long as I can remember it because it was <laughs> quite a long time ago now. <laughs> so what was the big leap for you to go from amateur or, or like just, you know, playing for you and then playing for keeps? Uh oh. I don't really remember. I'm very much a live-in-the-moment sort of person, so I was never sort of like dreaming. I guess I dreamt about, you know, like, oh, playing elite something, um, but never, like, a lot. And I think I just always just put one foot in front of the other and whatever came in front of me I I kind of took on. And I I was playing for Western Australia at quite a young age, so I think I had that um, interest in striving to be better all the time and, and but not so much improve my game, but just get in the next state team, get in the senior state team, get in, you know, the Australian squad, get in the Australian team. What's next after that? Oh, there's this professional tour in Europe and in America and Japan. Oh, that sounds like a bit of fun. What do I have to do to get there? And just um, just sort of whatever it took to sign up for those things, I just did it. I was very lucky in when I went to Europe for the first year, they didn't have a qualifying um process you just basically entered and you could play in the first tournament and I did that and it just rolled from there and then after about five years in Europe I went to the qualifying thing in America and uh, got through sort of uh, the first year and enough to whet my appetite and so I just kept rolling on there was never any you know blueprint or anything that I was following I was just following your feet. having a great time really <laughs> like just you know I was I mean I went from being a student you know you've got no money to going out on tour when you've got no money. And so it didn't, wasn't such a big deal. And he goes, oh, you know, that's been a bit of a, you know, a big, uh, a big uh, decision to make to turn professional. I was like, well, I was on the bones of my bum anyway. So, you know. <laughs> and nothing to doing? lose. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I had a little bit of help along the way. You know, very generous guy at a driving range I used to work at in Melbourne, paid for my flight to Europe the first year. And, um, yeah, my, my grandmother put a couple of thousand dollars away in a bank account just in case I couldn't get home. You know, little things like that. But yeah, I know. I, know. I think they're so the cool. stories that people don't realise with professional athletes or, you know, people who are professionals in their sports. I've got a friend who's representing Australia in the Winter Olympics and yeah. you know, like knowing yeah. from the behind the scenes stuff of like how broke she's been and how much she's given to 
training and physio and equipment and gear and how much it meant to her when she got a sponsor on board and how willing and giving people are to sponsor people just to see how far they can reach in their potential. It's it's really yeah. remarkable. Yeah, it is. It is. And a lot of people think, you know, like, people, like a few of my young juniors are like, oh, should we, you know, start to put together a CV? I said, yeah, you should definitely put together a CV. Oh, because, you know, we'll give it to people. And, and I've got this idea to um, have this syndicate of people that sort of support me and I'll, I'll give this back to them and I'll give that back to them and I'll do this. And they're, and they're basically offering to sell their soul to get that initial support and I said I don't even think you need to do that I think you you need to just target the right people who would love to be able to say even just to themselves I helped that kid and I and when he came back the first year after playing he had a game of golf with me and I could just was in awe of his ability oh wow and I really really think that I said absolutely I said I don't think too many people do it for a commercial you know commercial value that's to be part of something isn't it yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, unless you're talking like a, a you know, like a Coca-Cola sponsoring you and they're going to give you a 50 grand a year or whatever, that's totally different and that doesn't really come along and make it when you really need it. So it's a bit um, But, yeah, I mean, other athletes might be a bit different because golf is such um, – there is money in golf if you're successful, so you can actually – you know, it is, is actually um, – it is a, that enticement there. But I think for the – like the Winter Olympians and, and – a lot of the Olympic athletes, you know, they're, it's just a labour of love for them. Yeah, it really is. There really isn't a lot of prize money out there. I mean, there might be some endorsements, but again, you have to have won a gold medal or, you know, be this super quirky person that, that people want to, you know, throw their logo on. But, you know, I don't know. It's, it's so hard for them. I mean, golf is, well, I was lucky in the sense that there was actually prize money attached. But at the same time, obviously, it's completely performance-based. If you don't play well, you don't make a cent. Well, you actually lose money. So. Well, um, yeah. uh, my friend, keep an eye out for her if you do end up watching the Olympics. Kiara, she's the brakeman for the two-person bobsled team. She comes from Leonora in the desert in the gold fields. Never seen snow. Um, she moved to that Melbourne at the super strong. Oh, yeah, go on. she's yeah. a machine. So she was yeah. a heptathlete. And then yep. she moved to Melbourne just before the pandemic to just continue her training and have more opportunity. Then the pandemic hit and everything just got thrown out the window. She started getting a couple of injuries. Um, mm. Then there was one of the existing bobsled team was like, now nah, come and do this, come and do this, come and push for me, come and push for me. Anyway, next minute I speak to her and she's in Latvia and I'm like, Kiara, <laughs> what? <laughs> she's on the world tour circuit and she's had an amazing journey. <laughs> That's a cool story. It's a little bit like that cool running story. It's the same sort of, you yeah. know, that, oh, you might be a bit too young to remember. No, I, cool running. I only just watched Cool Runnings again recently because of this and it's basically yeah, yeah, the yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same. It's exactly the same. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, so, so she's never seen snow or anything. That's Nah, and yeah, Australia doesn't even story. have a bobsled track in Australia, so it's like really no, hard to ever. train. So, but anyway, we, we're off topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so at this point, I'm inundated with research to do about people who you've suggested. I've spoken to only a couple, and I'm just getting a little bit lost. So I reached out for help to the Southwest Times Jackson Barrett. So on the show, I do this thing, Triple M's Biggest Scab, where my mate. Pablo and Caratha and I challenge each other to track things down. Like we're both scabs. Like we don't like spending money. We're con- we're very used to asking our friends and our mates for help, basically. Yeah. And this week, um, he's asked me to find the most successful athlete to ever come out of the Southwest, and did that open a bag of worms for me? So I thought, well, 
I'm going to need help adjudicating this. <laughs> Will you help me, Jackson? Yeah. Um, I actually saw this on the Facebook page and had a bit of a think about it, and there were some really, really good suggestions on there. Um, I think Mark Worthington's a really good suggestion. His name and, and Cam Glidden's were thrown up as well. The thing I love about, about Wer though, is that he's um, done his thing, was very much a product of, of the Southwest, and then went and played um, NBL for most of the Cairns Taipans um, and then onto the Boomers as well. So he's represented Australia, has been to Olympics and is now back in the Southwest doing his thing, which I think is really awesome. Um, the name that jumps out to me, though, is Sid Jackson. Uh, and this is probably one that goes under the radar a little bit because he played most of his footy in the VFL before it was um, very well broadcast or publicised over here. But um, one of won a premiership at Carlton, um, an All-Australian, won a premiership at East Perth, um, and an amazing story from um, from the mission out at Brunswick to the South Bunbury Footy Club to East Perth and then on to Carlton under Ron Barassi. So I think the work of Sid Jackson probably goes a little bit under the radar, um, but he's done some fantastic work on the field and then off the field afterwards as well. So I think... Um, there were some really good suggestions on the Facebook page, um, but they're probably my two. I reckon Sid Jackson's the one for me. All right. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Sid because I've I've made a controversial call, Jackson. Okay. <laughs> because there are so many class footy players that have come out of the Southwest, I've had to write footy players off because we're we're looking sure. at this as the most successful. So that means it has to go to the international level. But I've okay. written Sid Jackson down because he was on the Galaz team in the 1968 World Tour. So he did actually represent Australia worldwide. So he was actually going to be the one that I put forward for footy. So I'm glad you yeah. backed me up there. There's a brilliant story about that as well. The Galaz trip, um, and I think that was under Coach Ron Barassi as well, was actually the first time um, Sid Jackson ever owned a passport. Um, it was the first time he had to go and get one, and they got one rushed through so he could play on that tour. So um, it's quite a quite a famous tour as part of sort of his story. Like I said, this challenge this week has just dug up so much. Um, yeah. I'm going to throw a curly one at you now because this is a pretty okay. big deal. Um, Oz Male Surfer of the Year in 97, ASP Rookie of the Year in 98, um, number two ASP World Tour ranking for 99, 2007, lives in Yales, born in Bustleton, Taj Barrow. Yeah, that's a really good one as well. Um, probably our most successful ever surfer and it's obviously a, an iconic sport in the region as well. So if it's, if it's maybe our... Um, our biggest sport or our biggest pastime and he's the best at it, then his name has to be up there as well. Another that's sort of come back to the Southwest and, um, and done some, some really good stuff as well. Another um, that just comes to mind is from Donnybrook. He played nine test matches for Australia and captain WA for a long time. He's got a gate named after him at the Wacker and that's Barry Shepherd. Um, average more than 40 in test cricket, probably not as many test matches as maybe you would have liked, but um, an average of 500 test rounds and an average of 40 is nothing to sneeze at and a um, very well-esteemed captain of the WA cricket side. So that would be another one to toss up. What about this one, though? Josh Sheehan, uh, freestyle motocross. They literally call him the unicorn and obviously did the, the world's first ever triple backflip in 2015. That's pretty up there. Yeah. 
Yeah, a couple of um, couple of big Donnybrook names back to back there. But Josh is another one that's just an absolutely incredible at what he does and a real trailblazer in his sport. He might be um, sort of if, if that was the question. I reckon Sid Jackson being the first one of the first Indigenous um, boys to go over to Melbourne and really break it there, and also one of the first West Aussie boys to go over to Melbourne. He would be one. But Sheehan just as much because he's literally doing tricks that people are copying um, and, re- and setting the benchmark. So, yeah, and he's, a, he's another like, lovely guy, um, still lives most of the time in Donnybrook. He's obviously not touring quite as much now as he was um, pre-COVID. But, yeah, he's another excellent candidate. All right. It doesn't stop there. We've got Murray Goodwin for cricket. We've got Lauren Reynolds for BMX. We've got Alex Hagen for rowing. We've got Josh Risden, who's currently on the Australian team and is trying to qualify for a second run at the World Cup. Then we've got an up-and-comer, Kyle Adlam in athletics from Bunbury. We've got Shaney War for golf. She's won seven pro wins. This is an amazing story. Sean Pollard, who's a Paralympian snowboarder. Um, yep. He's represented Australia. Like, there's literally so many. Yeah, some awesome names in there. I've had the great privilege over the last, by eating sort of my, whatever my cricket career is, I play a little bit in Bunbury, have had the incredible pleasure of being both coached by and now played two seasons with Murray and he's someone that I could listen to talk cricket non-stop all day and have found when I'm captaining sides and regurgitating things that he's told me over the years um, his son Jaden of course now plays the WA as well Lauren Reynolds is an awesome one she's a brilliant story um, from the Tokyo Olympics was cut from the national squad um, and then went and had her personal best Olympic result she finished fifth in the um, in the BMX, which was awesome for her. Um, Shani was another one that actually plays at, at Colts Cricket Club in Bunbury, but that's not what she's known for. She was um, an absolute Australian women's golfing legend. She finished second in a US Open one year. She's a star as well. Um, Josh Risden, 2018 World Cup. He went with the Socceroos. Um, captain the Perth Glory for a while. He was the Perth Glory Games record holder. Unfortunately, he's not anymore. He's left the club. Um, he went to Western Sydney. He's doing his thing at Western United in Victoria now, um, but still around the mark for the Socceroos squad. And they're um, well, they've got a battle on their hands, but they're looking to qualify for the um, the World Cup as well. So yeah, fantastic list of names, isn't there? There are just so many. I think we probably punch above our weight in many ways too. Oh, and do you know what the best thing that I've discovered about this is? So many of them go on to to conquer the sport in their their own ways and the world in in that form. And then they come back to the Southwest and then they share it with our juniors, which means, you know, they give back and, you know, there's there's definitely a farming and an allergy that I've missed here <laughs> with fertile ground of the Southwest and, you know, yeah. sowing seeds for future generations. But it, it's really blown my mind how many legends we have here. So I don't think I can pick. Yeah, I'm struggling to pick. Um, makes it hard when you rule footy out because we know how many um, legends we have from there, but um, I think, yeah, Burrow, Sid Jackson, Mark Worthington, um, Goodwin, Goodwin's another that captain WA. There are some, yeah, pretty special names in there. And I think we're just lucky, as you say, to now have access to all these guys, who, guys and, and girls um, who have come back. Shaney Wars, a, a golf coach in the Southwest, has done um, brilliant things for, for lots of people, learning how to play golf and trying to lower their, their handicap and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's brilliant that the majority of these people, if they're 
um, if they've finished, have, have come back here. And lots of those names haven't finished either. And for some, um, probably the best is still yet to come. And this is amazing. This is why I got you on to help me with this, Jackson, even though you haven't helped me at all. I gave you absolutely no warning and no prep of what we were going to talk about. And you rattled all those stats off the top of your head without even blinking, mate. This is why Jackson Barrett is going to be an excellent sports reporter. And I dare say, mate, you'll be taking on the world at some stage yourself. I will say that'd be nice. So what do you make of all that? Unbelievable, isn't it? The people that live here in the Southwest. And like I said, I haven't even scratched the surface. I also do want to give a big shout out to Ty Denton, who's from Bustleton. He actually got second place in year six in the cross country wearing sandals. And his mates Owen McCartan for that one. (laughs) Good one to Pablo for giving me such a great question. And thanks for sharing in the journey. I think I'm going to have to keep contacting all these megastars and find out a little bit more about them and, you know, why they still continue to live in the Southwest. I think that'd be cool. Let me know what you think. You can find me on social media quite easily. But until next time, you've been glorious. I've been Angie. Angie for breakfast.